Adam's Archive. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome to the Adam's Archive. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the recent, very recent conversation surrounding the potential for new COVID lockdowns. Now, this story was broken, broke, broke, was broke, was broken by Alex Jones, a man with quite the track record for both being correct on things we don't want him to be correct about, and then also simultaneously getting banned from every platform ever. (laughs) So... We are in good hands here, and as about maybe within 48 hours of him coming out with that video, we have seen article after article after article of mask mandates being rolled out at universities, at the potential for these new COVID-type lockdowns, and then all these discussions around this new variant. So we will discuss that. We will also talk about the... Very seemingly weird coincidence of what happened at Dodger Stadium. Now, if you don't remember Dodger Stadium, what ended up happening there a few months ago was the Pride event where they showed a stripper performing on a pole dressed as around Jesus being crucified. So, hmm, we'll talk about that. Then we will get into the de-dollarization of The world, according to Vladimir Putin, he and China have been working behind the scenes to de-dollarize, is the term, by basically getting rid of the United States dollar as the worldwide currency, which has been pretty effective. And if we look around a little bit and we see some people that are also discussing this simultaneously, like the man from, if you recall that movie, The Big Short, who predicted the 2008 crash of the mortgages of the United States, he has a pretty good track record. You know, they almost treat him like Rain Man in that movie where he's like on a whiteboard drawing up a bunch of symbols. And then he all of a sudden comes out and goes, I know what's happening, right? So so there's a pretty good indication between some of the things that we're seeing in the financial sector, along with the United States banks dropping after some of its ratings being dropped of the S&P. So pretty wild stuff. On top of that, a few of the shorter discussions we will have will be about the upcoming boxing match between Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul. And you might say, Austin, why are we going to talk about that? And that's a good question. But they've been talking a lot of shit and it's quite entertaining. And these are the two biggest pieces of trash in probably the world, let alone celebrities. So hopefully it's a double knockout. But we'll, we'll get into why we're talking about that, because there's been some pretty crazy types of discussions going on from one side of this. And then I believe that's what we got. So we'll jump into it all. But first, I need you to head over to your phone that you're listening to this on and hit the subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Rumble, wherever you're at, Spotify some of those obscure, weird places that some of you watch and listen to podcasts, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If I could ask you a favor, please go ahead and leave a five-star review. I would appreciate it. It's the only way that you can give back right now for all of the hard work. And that's all I got. All right. Oh, head over to the Substack, austinadams.substack.com. Okay. Now, without further ado, let's jump into it.
Adam's Archive. All right. The very first topic we're going to discuss today is we're going to play a game. Let's play a game called Is Alex Jones Correct Once Again? And you might already know the answer to that, but let's go ahead and explore it here. Alex Jones recently, just a few days ago, like three, four days ago, came out with a video about Biden potentially bringing back mask mandates potentially bringing back lockdowns. And he alleges that he got this information from directly from somebody who works at the TSA, that they're going to do this in waves. So let's watch this video. Let's see what Alex Jones has to say about this. And then we'll see if he's correct over the last few days. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call yesterday. An individual was in town, and they wanted to meet with me that I know well, and they are a high-level manager in the TSA. And I went and met with them and had a cup of coffee with them, and they said, you got to warn people. Tuesday, we got called in, the managers, and told that by the middle of September, that the new policy is being written, that this is done, they were told this is happening, this is not hypothetical, you will all have to wear masks again, and so will airport employees. Then, by the middle of October, they are going to say that everyone flying has to wear a mask. And in the meetings, people began to ask them, well, I mean, why is this happening? They said, well, because of the new variant in Canada and because of the WHO, they may you know, declare this. But regardless, we've been told this is going to happen. In Interesting. And then... They were told, we expect by December a return to the full COVID protocol of 2020-2021. And I was given many more details. I wrote down notes on it. Then I left called the first federal connection that I was thinking of, didn't answer. Called the second, answered. Told them what I've been told, and they said, what day was that? I said, Tuesday. They said, yep, we were told yesterday, this is, yesterday was Thursday, so it was Wednesday, expect COVID protocols to begin rolling out middle of September. And I said, what else were you told? Basically, that they believe this new variant's super bad and that they're doing the testing and that they should just get ready for a whole new rollout of what happened before. And this was Border Patrol-connected people I was talking to and testing at the border again and the whole 
shooting match. That's two federal agents that told me this yesterday. And then I went and looked at the news, and there they were saying Canada's looking at new restrictions again because of the variant, and so is the EU. And what did the Russians just put out three days ago? U.S. is plotting another pandemic. Russian head of the defense ministry warns. Now, new lockdowns will starve the third world. New lockdowns will destroy small businesses. New lockdowns will take the average person that's already $5,000 in the hole and their paycheck is, is, is just on time. We'll put them into full bankruptcy. And the children in the mask and the, the, the attempt to push a new shot for the new variant and we're right back in the same hellhole we were in just a few years ago. And why is it perfect timing? Because you go into the election year, they had the last crisis go over two and a half years. They'll bare minimum run this through the next election. It's only 14, 15 months out with mail-in ballots again. And we have all the eyewitnesses and testimony that they'd get the mail-in ballots. And in some cases, they were 99% for Joe Biden. Who believes that? U.S. Postal Service whistleblowers, USPS Poll watching witnesses. I have it all here. We'll play it next hour. We do not have to sit here and take the same criminal UN global WF New World Order regime's second rollout of lockdowns. All right. <clears throat> so you may hear. All right. So you may hear during this episode me sniffling a little bit. And that's probably because. I might be the very first person coming out and saying it's very likely that I have COVID right now, that my family got COVID. And you want to know what? I feel a little bit like shit. But you know what I feel also? Free. Without any foreign mRNA substances flowing through my blood and you know what my family and i are going to be immune for the next foreseeable future right now this may be a biologically you know a a web or a a lab created variant of this just as we know the first one was that leaked out of wuhan so where where are these variants coming from that's the better question right if we know for sure 100 that the first round of this came from wuhan why is there a second third fourth variants that are now being created. Where are those coming from? What is the likelihood that that's happening naturally if the first one didn't happen naturally? What is the likelihood that our own government would be releasing or at the very, you know, let's let's be generous here, that these labs would be accidentally exposing the general public consistently to variants? What is the likelihood of that? Right? But you know what? Like I said, I feel a little bit like shit. I had a hard time sleeping last night. I had a little bit of body aches. You'll hear me sniffle throughout this podcast because I feel a little bit like shit. But you know what? I'll be fine. And you know what? You'll be fine too, just like you were last time. Unless you decide to give in to these draconian mandates where you have to get an ex still experimental mRNA gene therapy injected into your body. Because guess what? Even if they took the correct channels last time to get that vaccination, vaccination, that gene therapy approved, 
it still would not be approved based on the amount of time that you have to go through clinical trials. Still would not be approved. And you know what? They didn't even do the clinical trials correctly the way that they should have, and they're still not doing them. But we know 100% that there's a large percentage of people who actually got the mRNA gene therapy that are dropping dead of heart conditions. Many of them. You know some. I know some. You probably have some in your family. I had some in my family. So guess what? Here's what I have to say to the potential of new lockdowns for a new COVID variant. Fuck you. Absolutely not. I will not partake in that. I will not partake in it just as I didn't partake in it the first time. And I hope we all learned our lesson that we will not be divided the same way that we were last time because that was the problem. Right now, we should know better. And maybe just last time they got what? 60, 70% of people to comply. But now we know better. Right? Maybe this time it's 20 to 30% who are just obnoxiously agreeable to where they'll do whatever the hell you say or whenever you say it, right? Because you're daddy, your government. Right? Maybe that's maybe that's the case. 20 to 30% will do whatever the government says whenever they say it, just so they can be the, the good guy, right? Meanwhile, I've been shouting from the rooftops that they were wrong. We've been shouting from the rooftops that they've been trying to injure people through this mRNA gene therapy, right? So if you do not learn by now that the government does not have your best interest in mind, that the WHO, that the CDC does not have your best interest in mind, and you comply with this, you are complicit with this because fool you once, I'll give you a pass. Fool you twice after we're shouting and waving our hands and telling you not to at the detriment of our own sanity platforms, businesses. Now it's not starting to look like you're as innocent or as naive as we thought. So this is I truly hope this is wrong. I don't believe it is with all the other articles that I'm going to pull up here and show you. I absolutely believe this is happening. I absolutely believe that what I have right now is COVID, that it was probably very likely released from another lab with a variant to implement the same thing over and over again. And I think that Alex Jones alluded to this correctly. This will go on until the next election cycle. Mail-in ballots, right? They needed something, someone, some organization, some type of technology, which would allow them to shut the country down which would allow them to do mail-in ballots, which would allow them to do what they did and install somebody who can't even stay awake at a hearing about people's children who burned to death in Hawaii. That's where we're at with Joe Biden at this point. Right? So again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I don't see any situation where this goes right. I don't see how anybody in their right mind would comply with this again. And it's infuriating that they even think that we're dumb enough that they can run the same playbook twice. But what's more frustrating than that is the fact that they're probably right. That regardless of what we all know is the truth, regardless of what we all believe is, is happening around us, that we know 100% happened 
in those two years where they locked down the country, they shut down your businesses, they killed your family members, they injected you with this experimental drug, they forced your compliance through marketing tactics. The saddest thing about this to me is it will very likely work. But I have a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope that maybe, just maybe, people woke up, woke up enough over the last three years to realize what happened. But I guess time will tell. Let's go ahead and see if Mr. Alex Jones was correct. Here is the very next article that I will show you, which is a video from the last few days by MSNBC. Well, new booster shots roll out. Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. This summer, most Americans left COVID in the past, gathering together once again mask-free. But tonight, signs of a COVID resurgence. Across the country, COVID hospitalizations jumped more than 14% in the most recent week, but far lower than pandemic levels. NBC News medical contributor Dr. Kavita Patel. What's behind this uptick in COVID that we're seeing? The main driver of this is a variant that's relatively newer to the scene, EG5. It's easier to give and get, so that makes it kind of easier to pass along. It's been almost a year since the last COVID booster came out. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. The new COVID booster is expected to be approved by the FDA, and then we will make recommendations from the CDC probably by the second or third week of September. Will it protect against this new strain? Yes. The booster is tailored to what we are seeing circulating now. Critics say the federal government is behind once again. Mm -hmm. People knew there was going to be a COVID resurgence. Mm -hmm. So why don't we have a booster today? Why do we have to wait until next month? The way we go about it's amazing that when you see all of these people talking about this new variant, they get these doctors in, they get these you know, contributors in, they get people from the, the WHO and the CDC, and all of them just have this biggest smile on their face, and they're so excited to talk about this. And underneath the desk they're speaking from, they just have a giant erection. They're so excited. You see this woman's eyes, she looks like she took four Adderall. She looks just super pumped for this new variant and this new booster and this new lockdown and this new mask mandate. Super pumped. They're so excited for their time to shine again so they can be essential personnel. It's disgusting. Time for me to be important again about doing our, just like we do with our flu shots, right? We make sure that we're looking at the ways in which the virus changed. They look at and evaluate that. The FDA is doing its work. We likely will see this as an annual COVID shot, just like the flu shot. Just in time for fall, when we'll also face RSV. Can you take the flu shot, the COVID booster, and the RSV vaccine all at once? So for flu and COVID, yes. RSV, again, is only available for older adults. That's one where I'd say, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. So until the new COVID booster comes, get prepared. Stock up on at-home tests. They do cover that new strain. Keep a mask handy in case you're in a crowded place. And most of all, get your shots, COVID, flu, and RSV, all by Halloween to give yourself your best chance of staying healthy. A Lester. reminder that COVID never went away. All didn't. Right. And thank you.
and it never will. Get excited for another year of COVID. Year after year, we will have another one for you so we can continue to make our profits. Right? Did you hear her say that? And we're just expecting that this will just be an annual thing now. Right? That we'll just create a new variant every year for you guys so that we can sell you the antidote. So that you don't feel like I do and have the last 24 to 48 hours. You know what? Like I said, <coughs> I feel like shit. I might even look like shit. But in 48 hours from now, I will be perfectly fine. And guess what? I won't die from myocarditis from an experimental gene therapy. That's the reality. But, and it's so funny that these, the, these people think that when they speak from this like figure of authority mentality, that people are going to listen to them now. Right? Do you recall them saying that the vaccines are safe and effective? Do you remember them call, telling us that the vaccines do not allow for transmission? Do you remember when they told us that masks work? I do. But they think that you don't. So they're going to tell you it again. Hmm. Here's another article that came out, which came from, let's see here, Atlanta College which is the looks like Empire Brown. Atlanta College reinstates mask mandate for students and employees on campus, stating that the mask mandate is a precautionary move for just the next 14 days. Where have we heard that before? What was it? Two, two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember that? Hmm. More like two years of killing your small businesses, physically killing your <laughs> physically killing your grandparents and your parents and the elderly and the sick. Remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah, and incentivizing people to in the medical industry to make sure that they check a box that they died with COVID or instead of, you know, without it so that they made their money. Oh, and and remember even to put you on a respirator so that they could get their extra, what was it, $30,000 or something crazy like that? All right, and here's the last one. California-based film company Lionsgate implements mask mandate in contact tracing amid new COVID scare. All right, this says the California-based film studio Lionsgate has re-implemented a mask mandate for some employees as its Santa Monica cruise or Santa Monica cruise, Santa Monica flagship office after several employees tested positive for COVID. According to Deadline, Lionsgate Star's response manager, Summer McElroy, sent an email to staff announcing that masks would be mandatory for the third and fifth floors of its five-story building. Employees must wear a medical raid face covering, surgical mask, KN95 or N95 when indoors, except when alone, in an office, with the door closed, actively eating, actively drinking at their desk or workstation, or if they are the only individual present in a large, open workspace. All Lionsgate employees will be required to perform a self-screening before coming into work each day and stay home if they are showing symptoms of COVID or have traveled internationally in the last 10 days. The studio is also conducting contact tracing and providing upon request COVID test kits to employees. This comes as Morris Brown, so that's what it was, not Empire. Morris Brown College in Atlanta re reintroduced a mask mandate in effect for two weeks after reports of positive cases among students at the Atlanta University Center. <clears throat> Los Angeles County Police Health has uh, Public Health has recommended for higher risk residents to wear masks. 
And here we go. Hmm. So now if we go back, let's look a little bit more about what, you know, Alex Jones has said about this. <clears throat> he, he comes out and says this, and within days, he's the one who blows the whistle, right? He calls it once again from somebody who told him from the TSA that this will happen. And they know preemptively, they already know this to be true, right? They already know what the plan is. They already decided what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. <clears throat> Interesting. So there was another article that came out that showed that the government was already buying safety materials and gearing up for a new lockdown. So I'll see if I can find that. I thought I bookmarked it here for us, but apparently I didn't. But there was something that came up on Reddit of all the, you know, all the good stuff comes from Reddit. <coughs> all right. So this one says, so I did Coke with an elite and they loose lipped it big time. They were inebriated and nearly about to pass out. Son of an ultra high net worth individual. He wasn't very coherent until after a line then says, I'm going to tell you some fucked up shit, man. Takeaways from his further slurred barrage of weirdness. The vaccine is a depopulation tool. The mRNA vaccine has always been about programmable humans getting needles and arms to rewrite human biology. Now, again, this is not corroborated. This comes from Reddit. So take it or leave it. <laughs> but it's an interesting conversation. It says, after Booster 4, something called IgG4 is permanently active. I am no scientist, but can remember IgG4 because my dog's name is Iggy. <laughs> he says it's like allergy shots before the COVID spike. It tells your body there is nothing wrong with the COVID spike and to leave it alone. He says if you look into it, you will see this is already known. The stage is now set. He says over 3 billion people now have adequate levels of IgG4, and the final phase is closed. He also said those in the know call it the process. It is to reduce the human population by 5 billion, 3 billion from IgG4 programming and 2 billion from the fallout of 3 billion deaths. <clears throat> he said late 2023, the new and final COVID strain will be released. This strain will have over 90% fatality, but only those who have IgG, only to those who have IgG4 in their bodies. They will mount no immune response to this deadly strain. Unvaxxed like him will basically have a mild cold. Shout out to your boy sitting in this chair talking, who's alive and well, very likely with COVID. Now, did I take a test? The answer is no, because as with everything else, it's all full of shit. So no reason, but I'm very positive. I'm pretty sure I have COVID and I'm okay, but very likely because I didn't take the shot says they will claim all governments knew and misled their people. It will be designed to cause mass panic and turn all citizens against their governments. This will ensure cities burn during the viral outbreak and emergency services are non-existent. Billions will die. My friends, I've never sobered up so fast in my life. I left the party somewhat stunned. Who could make this up? 
Here's what we now it points out to the August 11th article by Bloomberg, which says, here's what we know about the new COVID variant, ERIS, E-R-I-S. Now that's important because then it points us to the next article by Wikipedia, which talks about Eris within mythology, <clears throat> the Greek goddess of discord. For the god of love, see Eros. Eris is the Greek goddess of strife and discord. Her Roman equivalent is discordia, which means the same. Eris's Greek opposite is harmonia, whose Roman counterpart is concordia. Though she is also described as opposing Nike, counterpart of the Roman Victoria, Homer equated her to the war goddess Enyo, whose Roman counterpart is Bologna, the dwarf planet Eris is named after the goddess. She had no temples in ancient Greece and functions essentially as a personification, as, as which she appears in Homer and many later works. Eris is of uncertain etymology, connections with the verb to raise, stir, and excite. In the proper name, Eris have been suggested rejects these deviations and suggested a pre-Greek origin. Interesting. So what they're saying is basically that the, the name, naming of this variant as Eris is connected to the goddesses, the connection to strife and discord and to raise, stir, and excite. So mm, not a ton to that. But this potential... Cocaine fueled conversation is quite interesting. Let's see what the people had to say. The very first comment on this Reddit thread says, I'm sorry, but how the fuck is this at all a reliable source when it starts with, So I did coke with an elite? <laughs> exactly. As I said, take it with a grain of salt. The next highest comment says, I guess we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. The next person says, I'm torn. Is there a conspiracy to lower the population or is there a conspiracy of forces, forces leeching on people's emotions? Hmm. So somebody fact-checks the IgG4 thing, and this is from the NIH, which says, however, emerging evidence suggests that the reported increase in IgG4 levels detected after repeated vaccination with the mRNA vaccines may not be a pro protective mechanism. Rather, it constitutes an immune tolerance mechanism to the spike protein that could promote unopposed SARS-CoV-2 uh, infection and replication by suppressing natural antiviral responses. Increased IgG4 synthesis due to repeated mRNA vaccine with high antigen concentrations may also cause autoimmune diseases and promote cancer growth in autoimmune myocarditis in susceptible individuals. <coughs> there it is, folks. That is the extent of the COVID. Oh, my goodness. All right. What a perfect setting for this podcast that I am speaking to you about this COVID outbreak while actually having COVID. <laughs> what are the odds? Probably pretty high. Ugh. So forgive me if I have sniffles and, you know, some, some sneezes every now and then. All right. So there, there's your cocaine-fueled Reddit article which you can take with a grain of salt. And as a word from our non-existent sponsors, while I blow my nose. <clears throat> there you go, folks. Go to their website, buy their shit. All right. The next thing that I want to discuss about this is did we learn or did we not, right? And that's what this person 
discusses here, which says the masks didn't work. The lockdowns didn't work. The vaccines didn't work. So why would they repeat it? Well, maybe because it did work. Maybe because it was about control and not about public health. And once you start to understand that, they're not spending this massive amount of money unless, A, there's a return on investment, which we know they made billions of dollars during the last lockdown, and B, if it helps to perpetuate their underlying motivation, which is control, right? Control for what? Well, one thing to allude to is the depopulation, which has been outwardly talked about, right? You go back to the th committee of 300 and they actually have it written out on a stone that the population of the earth should never exceed 500 million. Well, guess what? We're about 3.5 billion people over that last time I checked. So <clears throat> is it about population control? Maybe. Is it about profitability? 100%. Is it about control? Very likely. Is it about the election? Very likely, right? What, what can we learn from the last time that this happened and what can we do about it in the future? The first thing I'll say to you about this is do not comply. From the very beginning, the second that we started to push back, the second that there was people in the streets, the second that people rose up, especially in mass, that was the time where they pulled back. The, the, they're going to start to turn the gas on the stove here. It's just starting to warm up, folks. And as time goes on, the water will start to boil. And unless you begin when you feel the water getting a little warm, you won't even notice when you're perfectly cooked. Right? The boiling fro frog theory. <clears throat> Not a theory. It actually is a thing. So... That's, that's what we need to do. We need to figure out what is our plan, right? And, and maybe shame on us. Shame on us for not coming up with this and realizing that this was going to happen and not having a set systematic plan to overcome this. Shame on us for not getting into a, a large enough group where we have determined as a society, as a community to never let this happen again. Shame on us. But guess what? There are a lot of people who have woken up. And maybe we're behind at this point where we should be in our planning, but they're very, very far ahead of us. But guess how many more of us than there is of them? Lots, folks. Lots of us, right? So it all begins with masks. That's the first little checkpoint. Did they comply with masks? Check. Guess what? Give you the same response that I gave you for more, as before. Absolutely not will I put a mask on my face. No matter who you are, no matter where you're telling me to do it, no matter what, I will not have a mask on my face. Guess what? They don't work. Even if you want to give me an N95, absolutely not. If you want to change the definitions of herd immunity from people who have had COVID and now have antibodies, like your boy, nice and early, get it out of the way, just saying. If anybody needs to get this while I got it, just shoot me a DM. I'll meet you up somewhere and, and we can drink from the same coffee as long as you buy it. I prefer beer, though. And if we're talking what I actually prefer, it's whiskey. So, you know, buy me some whiskey. I'll, we'll have a COVID party. 
Let's all get together today, get antibodies, tell them to fuck off when it comes to the masks, right? Maybe that's our plan. <laughs> Let's have a big COVID party. And they can't stop us, right? We need to throttle, we need to put the pedal to the metal early in how we plan this out and how people are going to come together and what we're going to do when they decide to try to push masks on us. And, and guess what? Where, where are they doing it first? Where Alex Jones just talked about it. Where's the very first place that they're going to do this? Transportation. Why? Why do you think it's transportation? Because it's necessary for you to do your job. Because it's necessary for you to see your children. Because it's necessary for our day-to-day -day lives. And they can. At least they feel like they can. But if every one of the motherfuckers who walks through that door does not do it with a mask on, or they don't buy plane tickets for one week, one week, that's all we need of people not buying plane tickets. What do you think will happen? How quickly do you think that our airlines will stop the mask mandates? Probably pretty quickly, right? Interesting. All right, so there's your quick little lesson for the day. <clears throat> now, the next thing that we'll talk about here, a nice little segue for you, is do you recall what happened at Dodger Stadium just a few months ago? If you don't, let me catch you up to speed. There was a Pride event at Dodger Stadium just a few months ago where they had these drag queens, strippers, there to promote pride. The same drag queens who were dancing all over crucified Jesus. Now, if you want to hear about something called karma, here it is. Dodger Stadium has been flooded unbelievably by the hurricane in California. You look around and Dodger Stadium is just completely filled with water and almost everywhere around it is not. Now, that's an interesting coincidence, isn't it? Here we go. Here's the article. It says Los Angeles's famed Dodger Stadium sustained an, an inundation of rain from Hurricane Hillary last week, prompting many to raise their eyebrows over the timing of the deluge and their decision to host a controversial LGBTQ pride event in June. Photos and videos emanating from L.A. over the weekend showed Dodger Stadium parking lot completely submerged and inaccessible. Let's watch this quick video. Oh, wow. That was very loud. Sorry about that, folks. Looks like somebody from a helicopter, if you can't tell from that, <laughs> that sound, flying around Dodger Stadium. And it is just flooded. Only, really, the immediately surrounding area around Dodger Stadium. Coincidence? Probably not. Probably not. Here's the video for you guys. So again, as always, not always, because this is quite recent. For a while, we were able to do it, and then we didn't. But here we are on YouTube. You can watch along with me always. If you're just listening, I appreciate you. Head over to YouTube. Also find the Adams Archive YouTube channel, and then you can watch along as we're going through everything. Almost everything is not flooded, but Dodger Stadium is. Very interesting. All right, let's go back and continue to read this article. <clears throat> All 
All right. Just video after video. Now it says, the torrent of rain caused the Dodger Stadium to postpone their game with the Miami Marlins until this upcoming weekend. The flood of biblical proportions was interpreted as a sign that God was angry with the Dodgers' decision earlier this year to host the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence LGBT group, which in the past has staged religiously offensive stunts, including mock crucifixions of Jesus Christ. And here that video is. And that's enough of that. God is not mocked. June, LA Dodgers mock Catholic nuns by hosting hate group. August, LA Dodgers stadium is flooded. Hmm. Somebody else said the Dodgers stadium is flooded months after they mocked God. Highlighted by ex-political commentator Ryan Cunningham. God's power is mighty. Many in the prophetic have detailed events such as these, and many more are to come this fall. Look out as we watch the structures of Baal are torn down. Hmm. Very, very interesting. And it just goes on with tweet after tweet after tweet of people calling them out. <clears throat> very interesting. All right. So I found that to be pretty crazy because... You know, you want to hear about what they just discussed there, the, the biblical reactions to these types of events in the Bible, where things are flooded, when there's mockeries, and, and all of this, all of the things that some people say, you know, are just tied or tall tales from a time that, you know, we're not a part of. Obviously, there's still some sentiment to this. Seems pretty wild that within two months of that atrocious act by the Dodgers, this ends up happening. All right, on the next small article here, let's talk about what everybody's been waiting for, which is Dylan Dennis and Logan Paul are set to have a boxing match this coming weekend. Now, again, you might say, Austin, why is this important? Why would I care about this? And the, the real answer is you shouldn't, but we're still going to talk about it. <laughs> and the reason we're going to talk about it is because if you don't know who Dylan Dennis is or you don't know who Logan Paul is, you are one of the lucky few. Now, if you don't know who Dylan Dennis is, there's quite a lot of people who don't know who Dylan Dennis is, and rightfully. He's pretty much well-known within the jiu-jitsu community as just the biggest piece of garbage. He's also known as Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach. Now, nobody knows really why, because he hasn't won a single large match in well over a half a decade. He doesn't actively compete. He is now seemingly boxing Logan Paul for clout and money. I have a hypothesis about this fight, which I believe is that Dylan Dennis is going to get absolutely obliterated by Logan Paul, who looks like he's on a bunch of steroids and far, far bigger than Dylan Dennis. But the only true way that anybody wins in this fight is if they both simultaneously knock each other out. These men, if one could call them that, are the biggest pieces of trash in all of celebrity and mixed martial arts areas of discussion, right? The biggest pieces of trash. Now, Dylan Dennis went out of his way during maybe the last two weeks, week and a half, to just completely, completely go after Logan Paul's wife as probably the biggest bitch move ever. And he does it in a way that's extremely gross and untactful and uh, just, just 
completely tasteless. Now, now this is nothing new for Dylan Danis. Everything he's ever done ever is just disgusting and filled with self-conscious small dick energy. But he just posted video after video, photoshopped after photoshopped image, and picture after picture of of this woman's who is by the way is extremely extremely attractive to be fair her name's Nina Abramal or something like that very attractive she's probably some sort of supermodel or something like that uh and so Dylan Danish is probably 150 tweets of him saying these atrocious things now this woman seems like she probably had a fair amount of history with many men. She was actually with Leonardo DiCaprio at one point too, but I just don't see the relevance within a fight conversation. And obviously there is something to marrying somebody with real values and and also valuing themselves enough not to, I don't know, be with 30 men before she settles down in a marriage. But at the same time, I still think it's far more dishonorable to be on the side of Dylan Danis shouting these things out from the rooftops and coming off as a complete douchebag. They had a press conference, which looked like something from the WWE completely fake, which may be closer to the truth than we know, because Logan Paul has not been active in the boxing community. He's been active only in the WWE community. So maybe this is all some big show. Although I, I don't believe any man would ever let somebody talk about their wife like this and not be pissed off by it. But here's my prediction. I think Logan Paul knocks Dylan Danis out. Dylan Danis has never been in a boxing match. He has no boxing skills whatsoever. He barely has any jujitsu skills. He's completely irrelevant in his own sport, but only gets relevance through shit-talking people on Twitter. So that's that's my prediction. I think anybody who watches this loses. You know, I, I would love the opportunity to sit in a ring with either of these men, You know, be it jujitsu with Logan Paul or boxing with Dylan Danis. I'm not going to go as far as to say that I would do jujitsu against Dylan Danis or box Logan Paul at this point, unless you give me maybe, I don't know, 18 months, and then I'd smash either of them. But I just think everybody loses in this situation, especially the man who's shamelessly calling out another man's wife, even though the man who he's saying that about happens to be one of the biggest pieces of shit in celebrity history. But I won't bore you with this any longer. Uh, let's move on. If you want to get some of the taste of what's actually going on here, you can head over to Dylan Danis's Twitter, but uh, I, I won't bore you with the entire story. Here's a quick clip and a quick video for you. Do you see yourself like potentially getting married? Do you like it? I'm not gonna lie, I was like gonna praise him because like, you know, I'm all about like trans and like LGBTQ and everything. So I was gonna be like, oh, it's awesome. He like has a fiance that's trans. So I thought she was. And then I looked it up and it, and it was a girl. I made a severe and continuous lapse. And takes all these clips of her with other guys and videos where she's being interviewed and mentions anything about sex. And eh, can't say it's not effective. He probably very rightfully pissed off Logan Paul. Anyways, like I said, I won't bore you with this any longer. I just could not go this entire time and not talk about it because it's pretty wild. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the last topic of discussion for today, 
which is that Vladimir Putin has come out and said that the de-dollarization is irreversible. And this says that BRICS will become economically more powerful than the G7, the Russian president said in an address to the Johannesburg summit. The U.S. dollar is losing its global role in an objective and irreversible process, the Russian president told participants at the BRICS summit in South Africa on Tuesday. Vladimir Putin spoke via video link after choosing not to attend the event in person. De-dollarization is gaining momentum, Putin declared, adding that the members of the group of major emerging economies are seeking to reduce their reliance on the greenback in mutual transactions. The Russian leader claimed that the five BRIC members— Russia, China, India, Brazil, and South Africa are becoming the new world economic leaders, adding that their cumulative share of global GDP has reached 26%. Now, between just Russia, China, and India, that's pretty terrifying. Those are absolutely, even just if you say China and India, the next biggest player in the world economy. And the fact that they're moving away from the dollar is quite, quite terrifying, and so it goes on to say that becoming the new world economic leaders, adding their cumulative shares of global GDP has reached 26%. He noted that if measured by purchasing power parity, BRICS has already surpassed the group of seven leading industrialized nations, accounting for 26% of the global economy, compared to 30% in G7. For the past 10 years, mutual investment between the BRICS member states has increased by six times. Their total investments in the world economy has doubled, while cumulative reports account for 20% of the global total, Putin said. Moscow is focusing on reorienting its transport and logistics routes towards reliable foreign partners, including BRICS members, to ensure an uninterrupted supply of energy and food to the international market. Russia's primary goals include developing the Northern Sea Route and the North-South Transport Corridor, Putin stated. The first, passing through the Arctic Ocean, along Russia's northern coastline, will ensure faster good deliveries between Europe and the Far East. The second could connect Russia's northern and Baltic ports to the Persian Gulf and the Indian Ocean, facilitating cargo movement between Eurasia and African nations. <clears throat> Illegitimate sanctions seriously weigh in the international economic situation, and the lawful freezing of sovereign states' assets constitutes a violation of free trade and economic cooperation rules. So, is he right? Well, one would hope not because everything in our economy is based off of the dollar. But it seems to me that there are some other players in the game who are moving towards this as well, right? Now, let's just look at the first response here, which says, I have come to the sad realization that Western governments are evil and are overseeing crimes against all the people of the world, including the populations of their own country. Leaders of the West are neither the brightest nor the most upright representatives of their nations. They are just the most ethically and morally bankrupt. They are not in politics for their people. They are in politics for themselves. Western governments accuse non-Western governments of corruption. Yet what is more corrupt than using taxpayer funds and the government debt underpinned by it to pursue the narrow interests of their political donors at the expense of their own people? Look at the status of Western infrastructure. It is decaying. Look at the state of Western society. It is destroying itself. The rest of the world needs to abandon the West to its fate. It won't take long, and the first victim will be the United States, which is much more guilty of inflicting harm onto others than all the others Combined. Hmm. Very, 
very interesting. So like I said, there are some other players on the U.S. side of things who seem to believe that this is true, right? One of the ways that you can jump on this bandwagon would be by shorting the S&P 500, which is exactly what Michael Burry did. Now, if you know who Michael Burry is, he's the man from the movie The Big Short, right? He's the man with the Rain Man type scene where he's sitting there on a whiteboard marking out all these mathematical equations and he walks out of the office and goes, I got it, guys. We're going to short the mortgage market. Here's what's going to happen. It's all going to crash. 2008, 2009, it's going to crash. It's going to all crumble down. Now, he is known as a Rain Man in the stock market. This man does not shoot 20, 30%. This man shoots 90 percentile on what he's doing when he's predicting the market. So he placed a bearish bet against the S&P 500, and he did so by investing in the stock ticker QQQ, I believe. And he also sold his stake in Alibaba, First Republic, and many other stocks. Burry's Scion Fund loaded up on mining, shipping, and energy stocks. <clears throat> Michael Burry placed his bearish bets against the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 last quarter while switching out his wagers on Chinese e-commerce titans and embattled banks for positions in shipping, mining, and energy companies. At the end of June, the investor of the big short fame held put options on two exchange-traded funds, SPDR, S&P 500, and Investico, QQQ. That track, the major index funds, a Securities and Exchange Commission filing said Monday. After scoping or scooping up cut price banking stocks in the first quarter, he sold Capital One, First Republic, PacWest Bank Group, Wells Fargo, and Western Alliance. The investor's Scion Asset Management also deposed of two Chinese internet giants, Alibaba and JD.com. On the other hand, it added the likes of Crescent Energy, Comstock Resources, Precision Drilling, Star Bulk Carriers, and Stellantis to its portfolio. The only positions to survive the period were the Geo Group, Liberty Latin America, New York Community Bank Corp., Signet Jewelers, Signa Group, and the Real Real. After all the turnover, the total value of Science Portfolio has little changed at 100, was little changed at 111 million, excluding options. Burry rose to prominence after his monster bet against the mid-2000s housing bubble was immortalized in the book and the movie The Big Short. He's also known for betting on GameStop before it became a meme stock and taking short positions against Elon Musk's Tesla and Kathy Wood's flagship ARK Innovation Fund in recent years. Moreover, the Scion Chief is famous for his grim warnings about the asset bubble and bleak predictions of epic market crashes. True to form, he issued a one-word declaration at the end of January. Sell. Yet he acknowledged he was wrong to say sell in March and has been silent on social media in recent months. So if this guy's saying sell, maybe you should sell. Maybe it's time to get your money out of the stock market and maybe into, I don't know, the exact same things that he's doing. <laughs> but actually, honestly, to be true, I'm not a financial advisor and you should never listen to anything that I say that's technical. As a disclaimer. <laughs> I am not a lawyer. I'm also not a financial advisor. But if you look at the playbook, if we learned anything from Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is that there's a, a paved pathway for the way that people think during these types of things that are going to happen. Now, we know they're going to lock us down. 
We know there's going to be mask mandates. We know there's going to be runs to the grocery store. We saw it before. All of those things that you saw before will happen again. Now, the question is, will you be a victim of it or will you capitalize on it? Right? Even if you don't want to capitalize on it, let's talk about the moral and ethical implications of that. Maybe you just want to be prepared. Maybe you have a couple extra rolls of toilet paper, right? Maybe you buy a bidet. <laughs> Maybe you take your money out of the stock market and put them into, I don't know, some very well-known stocks that did very, very well last time they shut us down. Maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. But either way, that seems very likely as to what's going to happen. Gold is up. S&P is down. NASDAQ is down. And it's just going to get worse, allegedly. And another indication of this is that shares of the U.S. banks dropped after the S&P downgrades some of their ratings, right? The, the S&P 500 downgraded their, their rankings. So it says shares of several U.S. banks fell on Tuesday, the day after ratings agency S&P Global followed Moody's in cutting its credit ratings on some regional lenders with high commercial real estate exposure. <clears throat> S&P's actions will make borrowing more costly for a banking sector aiming to recover from a crisis earlier this year, when three regional lenders failed, prompting broader industry turmoil. Some of the structural aspects for banks regarding their balance sheet remain risks to banks, as the, federal as the Fed continues to try to anchor inflation with higher rates for longer. Now, here's another conversation that we had before, is maybe you want to get your money into somewhere where if there's a bank run right? Full reserve banking, as we talked about. If you remember the conversation in the podcast that we had when there was the banking collapse at the Silicon Valley Bank, we found out that there's essentially a 0% reserve on all of these banks, which means essentially they don't have to hold any of your cash. Now, I mentioned a few of those banks that are full reserve banks, and they're mostly overseas, and they're, they're a little bit more difficult to partake with, but it might be worth it. If you have a large set of, of assets and you want to make sure that your money is there when you go to pull it, maybe, maybe it's time to get it out of the banks that don't hold your money. Maybe pulling it out now and putting it into a full reserve bank as a precaution, maybe buying some extra food, maybe investing in some stocks, which will do well <laughs> as we see this same exact playbook play out, and then maybe not complying and hoping that we're wrong might be the best move. And in the meantime, I appreciate you. Stay safe. Do not comply. And I'll see you next time. Have a great day.